Hey there, spooky friends. It's Megan. And before we hop into the episode, I want to tell y'all a little bit about what we've got coming up in person next. We're so excited to announce that our friends at Little Cottage Brewing have invited us back for a monthly spot with trivia. So that means it's time to mark your calendars with a few dates to come hang out with us and play along. On December 13th, join us for Creepy Holiday Trivia, where we'll have questions ranging from spooky holiday traditions around the world, mischievous holiday mythical beings, holiday-themed horror movies, and more. Then, on January 17th, join us again for a deck themed around fears and phobias. Last but not least on the calendar is February 14th for a theme of romance and scorned lovers in horror. We can't wait to see you on December 13th, January 17th, and February 14th for some excellent craft beer and a scary good time. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. Now, on to the episode. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another mini-sode of Clever Goals. I'm Megan. And I'm Melissa. And today we're going to talk to you about arguably one of the coolest intersections of mine and Melissa's interest, mermaids and sirens. We're going to give you a bit of background on the history of sirens, including our first mermaid story, how sirens are portrayed in Greek mythology. And by that, I mean Melissa rocked my world with what I thought. And how some (laughs) of our most popular retellings of mermaid lore are totally wrong looking at you, Disney. So I think that if I had to pick like a cryptid or a mythical being or something that I most closely relate to, it's 100% a fucking siren. Like they're kind of elusive and sexy and lure unsuspecting men to their death with their beautiful singing voice. And so if you were a mermaid, what would your mermaid name be? I agonized over this and I actually, (laughs) I, I did. I always think way too much about these things. And I actually took a couple online quizzes and then didn't like that result. Did you really? Oh, of course I did. committed to the bit. (laughs) I always commit to the bit. (laughs) Never half-ass anything when you can whole-ass something. Amazing. I love Um, that. Yeah. So mine would definitely be Marina. Just Marina. I like it. it. It's still an M. I wouldn't have to change any of my monograms. Like it's, it's good. I like how you're considering (laughs) your monograms, even though you would be like a mermaid in the ocean. I have like three monogrammed things in my entire house, but I'm still thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have an answer from this from forever ago when me and my friends were talking about the lore, which I'm going to mention like way later at the end of this episode. So if I were a mermaid or a siren, my name would be Charybdis. Uh, name me after that fucking whirlpool of death. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of mad that I didn't come up with that. So, I was really yeah. proud of that one when I came up with it. And I feel like it's fitting. Like, it, it is. Still give me a fun little nickname. I could just be like Char or something like that. But... <laughs> Ribby. Oh, little oh, Ribby the whirlpool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Charybdis. I feel like it would be the most fitting thing ever. It's cute. I like it. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, Melissa's going to love this. I was really excited telling Blair about it earlier. And she's like, I know. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm actually so proud. secretly <laughs> seething that I did not think of that name. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. But <laughs> it's just because my brain cell stole it first. So yeah, that's okay. Couldn't get to it. You had the brain cell today. I had the brain cell for that one. But so as a girl from the Middle East, I am proud to tell you that our very first mermaid legend comes straight from the Maynot. And Atagardis, <laughs> that's a mouthful to say sometimes. So Atagardis is our earliest account of mermaid legend. And she hails from ancient Assyria from around 1000 BC. So like modern day Syria. 
She's based on the Assyrian goddess Atagardis, who is the goddess of the moon, feminine powers, fertility, and water. And she was the Balat, or the ruler of her people. She was in charge of the city's protection and their general well-being. She was a goddess that fell in love with a mortal shepherd named Hadad, but she's way too powerful, and he simply could not handle her divine lovemaking. <laughs> she accidentally killed him. What a way to go. Death by Snoo Snoo. Love it. Love that for him. Pregnant with his child, however, from this. And she is so overcome with guilt from killing the love of her life that she decides to commit suicide by drowning herself in a deep lake near Ascalon, which is in modern day Israel. And as soon as their child, Simarinus, was born, she goes to end her life in this body of water. Simarinus, by the way, goes on later to become the queen of Assyria, and she's most well known for creating the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, normally in like this particular realm of folklore, gods and goddesses turn into fish when they enter like the ocean or large bodies of water. But legend has it that Atagardis was far too beautiful to meet that same fate. So her transformation stopped halfway through, giving her the body of a fish and keeping her stunning head and hair in its original form. And she then goes on to become the goddess of the sea. And she was still worshipped in her new form. And a temple was built for her in Ascalon, where she yeeted herself off the mortal realm, which, like I said, is in modern day Israel. And the temple was said to be made out of diamonds and gold and had this like gigantic pool filled with live fish and had like doves everywhere in it. Worshippers had to swim through said pool of fish in order to reach the altar to worship her. And she that is so cool. Yeah. And like her nickname after all that was pure Aphrodite, like in terms of like literal translations. And Hadad was referred to frequently as pure Zeus. So. <gasps> Wow, that makes so much sense, especially because Aphrodite is Cyprian. So yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. That's super cool. Yeah. And so I thought that was neat. And I was like, Oh, look at that little tie into Greek mythology. Because as Melissa's about to (laughs) own my ass on, I thought that sirens were a Greek mythology creation. They I well, sirens are a Greek mythology. Uh, okay. A Greek mythological But not being. mermaid sirens. Not mermaids. But In the way all... I think of them. Correct. They are not nearly as sexy. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to tell you kind of how we got there. Okay. But I'm actually really excited that we had this discussion because they are so often like lumped in when we talk about the Odyssey and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in modern media, sirens are actually often pictured as like what Megan described right ethereal seductive half human half fish creatures that will lure men to their deaths with their beautiful songs right um but actually in their earliest records they were much less sexualized and basically much less fishy like not not even fishy at all so (laughs) um we first see them in homer's the odyssey where odysseus is famously tied to his mast while the rest of his men have their ears plugged with wax. So he alone can hear their song super on brand for this jerk. I love him, but man, <laughs> come on. Um, now, we aren't really sure what Homer's sirens actually look like because a lot of these poets don't actually describe them. Oh, all, 
all they mention is just their song. So when you look into a lot of the 19th and 20th century translations, those typically surprisingly, focus on how seductive their songs are and how their lips are so tempting. Men throw themselves to their doom to follow them. But yeah, but (laughs) honestly, I really like Emily Wilson's translation better. And everybody with any interest in the Odyssey should go out and buy it because not only because it's the first full translation of the Odyssey um, created by a woman. She's also working on the Iliad and I believe the Iliad. Um, But also she sticks much closer to the original translations because these um, are the original version because the translations use such flourishy language because it was the style at the time. So when you look at her translation, the sirens actually say, now stop your ship and listen to our voices. All those who pass this way hear honeyed song poured from our mouths. The music brings them joy and they go on their way with greater knowledge. And I think the word choice there from lips to mouths is really important because it's nothing about their lips or beautiful faces. Lips are for kissing, but mouths are for devouring. And that's a really important distinction. Yeah, it's much less sexy. Exactly. Well, it depends on what you're into, I guess. You know what? But. You're right. We don't keep shame in this family. <laughs> but this actually matches with the tone that we see depicted on vases and tombs. So instead of being fish creatures, these sirens are actually huge bird-like beings in these depictions. Um, and they had the head of a human woman. So these are not to be confused with harpies. Harpies are kind of the personification of, I believe, storms. And But these... These sirens are much more subdued, even though they do eat men. Um, Their song isn't one of seduction through beauty. It's actually one that promises a forbidden knowledge, at least to Odysseus. And I don't know the the scholarly backing of this, but honestly, I think it's really interesting that Odysseus hears something about a forbidden knowledge when that's what he truly values. So, I mean, would somebody else who values like riches or gold hear something different? I don't really know. And I kind of want to dig into that now. Is it kind of like, interesting? you know, a room of requirement or like a, the mirror of air set? It just shows you <laughs> what you miss. Um, anyway, yeah. So too many fandoms converging there. But um, when we think about birds, they're traditionally associated with the gods, omens, and especially the underworld. So the fact the fact that they promise something even more tempting than sexual desire is a lot more fitting for something as revered as sirens were. But honestly, the wise otherworldly bird woman who values knowledge isn't as sexy as a naked fish lady who tries to seduce you, is it? Not so I guess particularly. That's, yeah, that's not really surprising. Um, and as often happens, eventually mistranslations happened and some myths were conflated. So I, there is a, actually Emily Wilson, uh, who does the, this Odyssey translation that I mentioned posits that, uh, they were actually confused with several other beings, one of which is the Lorelei, which is, uh, actually the actual inspiration for modern day sirens and more deadly versions of mermaids. So these creatures are rumored to wait along the Rhine, sing their beautiful songs, comb their beautiful hair. And once men are actually close enough, they drag them down into the water and consume them. Uh, so doesn't necessarily make those avian creatures less imposing, though you will be hard-pressed to find any non-aquatic depictions of ancient Greek sirens anymore. And that kind of bums me out because I think they're really badass. <laughs> I am still just like, my mind is blown that like Greek sirens are birds. Yeah, they're bird ladies. They're bird they're magical bird ladies full of wisdom and the public education has failed me. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. That's why I'm here. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it has failed you, the very accomplished data scientist. <laughs> I'm I can't, a failure I can barely count to 12. I didn't know they were birds. <laughs> you say you can't count to 12? I can barely count to 12. Okay. <laughs> That's incorrect for everybody listening, but whatever. But speaking of things that are incorrect, most of our like modern day retellings of any of like our mermaid folklore get it like super duper wrong. Um, our most popular version of mermaid stories and fairy tales is Han Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. And when we think of that, we think of, you know, Ariel and her red hair and flounder and all of that is wrong. And the real Little Mermaid not whatever fluff Disney has provided us. She drinks the Sea Witch's potion to grow legs. And in return, however, she is cursed in a few different ways. She gives up her tongue and her intoxicating voice, and she becomes mute. In return for aforementioned beautiful singing voice, though, she gains the most skilled of dancing legs um, that she can now use to impress the prince who she's trying to catch the attention of. However, every time she takes a step with those new human legs, uh, it pains her severely, feeling as if she's stomping on swords. Yikes. Oof. Yeah. So, no. But that isn't the end of the curse, uh, however. So in order to receive a soul and escape her ultimate death, she must convince the prince to fall in love with her. And if she doesn't convince the prince to marry her, she will be a curse of a broken heart, soulless, and then dissolve into the ocean as a pile of foam to be lost forever at the sea. But luckily, uh, if we want to call it that, the prince is attracted to how she dances. So she dances for him endlessly, despite the unbearable pain in her feet. That is something to unpack for another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> however, the ass prince falls in love with another fucking woman because he's the worst. So now of the mermaid is going to fucking die. So she sits and sobs by the sea, wounded by her stupid broken heart after just like killing herself basically for some man who ultimately decides to get distracted by the next like woman that walks by. Uh, legs probably still in searing pain at this oh, point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And her scary mermaid sisters come to the surface carrying a knife from the sea witch, which they traded their hair for. Um, so Hong I don't Hong remember that part. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so Homegirl has to use that knife now to slay the prince. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and place a drop of blood on her feet in order to break that curse, lest she fucking die. But for some reason, uh, she's fallen so deeply in love with his dumbass that she can't bring herself to kill him. So instead, she just dives into the ocean, attempting to kill herself, where she ultimately dissolves into fucking foam anyway. Tell me this was written by a man without telling me this was written right? by a man. Yeah. By a mediocre white now. man. Yeah. <laughs> man. Ugh, that's a bummer. It is. A lot of these mermaid movies don't quite get mermaids right because they're terrifying. They like, really they really are. They're scary. Yeah. And we haven't even we don't even have time to talk about Kelpies too. Like I probably should have put something about, about that in the Celtic version of kind I of mermaids. Want to know? Is this a yeah. thing you can just pull off the top of your head? I, I might be able to. Oh, I might also really fuck it up. So I don't okay. know. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> but yeah. So oh no 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 Kelpies and Selkies. I'm thinking of a Selkie. So a Selkie is a seal creature that can turn itself into a beautiful woman, <gasps> and kind of like mermaids mermaids where uh, you take her seal skin and hide it and it, as long as she doesn't find it she will forever where be, do you put it like bound to you i don't know some a storage locker I, I oh, okay know, that sort cool of yeah box 
I would, that's what I would do. I mean, I would never do this to a woman, but yes, I feel course. like the, the men who would do it do. Um, but yeah, that's, that's in uh, Celtic mythology. That is kind of their version of, um, it's terrifying. Yeah. They're, I don't think they're necessarily like as threatening, um, but that's kind of like, it's kind of the same vibe. And now I really hope I didn't totally screw that up. Kelpies are horses. So <laughs> they're, like, they're like aquatic horses or something. So well, I yeah. mean, you got the aquatic part, right? So that's good yeah. enough for me. Yeah. But yeah, so like mermaids are terrifying. Most of our depictions of mermaids are not as scary as they actually are. But we have a couple that get mermaids scary. So one of my favorites is the lore, which I don't think anyone else out of the four of us has seen that one but me it is a polish horror musical it is an 80s cabaret set kind of like adaptation of the little mermaid but it goes back to its darker much bloodier roots it's mermaid sisters silver and golden who come ashore in warsaw and get adopted by a nightclub band um i mean it's full-on like they crawl into like the martini glass on stage and when they get into the martini glass of water like their big tail comes out and she's like they're essentially like a sideshow in this strip club cabaret marissa put it on as like one of her movie choices so this is coming up on our production schedule soon. yeah thank god so silver ultimately falls in love while golden explores like all these new pleasures of humanity including dining on human flesh there are some Mm. fucked up scenes in this movie (laughs) including trying to answer the age-old question of like how do mermaids have sex in mermaid form so oh i mean i've seen the lighthouse i know yeah (laughs) so uh while movies have long favored like the attractive romantic version of the mermaid over like the horrific version of the mermaid the lore gives us both and if y'all haven't seen it i'm pretty sure it's free to watch on prime and it's gaining a little bit more traction lately so you can probably find it streaming somewhere and so everyone should definitely go watch that prior to us doing an episode on it because it's just fucked in the best way oh my god i'm really excited about that so uh the lighthouse the stylistic sea shanty turned hallucinogenic mind trip uh in which two lighthouse keepers go stark raving mad while on an isolated island and oh my god robert pattinson and willem dafoe are just incredible <laughs> they as were someone great movie as yes as someone who knows what an actual nova scotia accent sounds like willem <laughs> dafoe I don't, I think he's a shapeshifter. This is, it's terrifying. Yeah. It is the weirdest and hardest thing to to mimic. But they both have bit, vivid visions of a terrifying yet beautiful mermaid, of course. So Eggers, who is known for his immersive research, spared no detail to ensure the precision of the mermaid's genitalia, shall we say? But yeah, also. That movie's also a trip. Uh, yeah, but also bringing it back, that's another uh, intersection of our interest because the whole Prometheus Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, motif and and the the forbidden light and everything. So lots of lots of really cool stuff to think about there and the way it was shot, just the way it's so claustrophobic. It's shot in that ratio and oh, it's hell just, yeah. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful and disturbing fucking film. Beautiful and disturbing is a great way to describe that. 100%. Thank you for letting me talk about that one. I didn't mean to like steal from you. No, you did not. I just <laughs> put them on there for us to like as a list of some like cool depictions of mermaids and horror films. Beautiful. Because otherwise we don't really think of mermaids outside of like Disney's The Little Mermaid, which yeah. is wrong. And I've just never wanted to punch a child more. Daddy, I yeah. love him. No, you don't. Take no. a nap, girl. 
honey, you're going to have your cut tongue out and your feet are going to bleed. Just yeah, stop. Stop it. Stop. No man is worth it. No man. <laughs> no man is worth it. Mm-mm. Turn into a bird or something. Like, turn into go. the scary bird lady. Yeah. Turn into a siren, honey. Which is not a mermaid. I am still confused about because as soon as you said that, I'm like, that's a mermaid, Melissa, but it's not. <laughs> like i will link to some of my the, brain i will link to some of the vases with the with the depictions yeah on i'm gonna it. go and google pictures after this you definitely should so yeah greek ancient greek mythology sirens should get you where you need to go but also final plug for emily wilson's uh version of the odyssey please go out and get it it's incredible and i love it amazing all right well i think that's it for this mini too and i hope you had fun hope your mind was also blown over bird ladies early and go watch all of the creepy mermaid horror films especially the lore and get ready for our episode on that coming up sometime in the spring so excited for that one me too we'll see you guys then bye the clever ghouls podcast is run by megan marissa blair and melissa This episode was outlined by Megan. Our intro and outro music was created for us by Josh Marshall. Find his links in our show notes. For more episodes and other spooky content, find us on your favorite social media platform through our handle at Clever Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And if you really like our content, please leave us a review.